Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am absolutely thrilled. I have an actual celebrity on my show today, which is just uh, an amazing, an amazing feat. And I'm really excited. I want to give a, a big, warm welcome to Mr. Stu Hynek, the author of How to Get a Meeting with Anyone, which I'm really excited to learn about. How are you doing, Stu? I'm doing great. Well, I was getting really excited to hear that you had a celebrity on. Who else are you having on with us? Um, great to be here. Great to be with you. Yeah. I mean, I this is amazing. One of the clients that I've worked with recently, I walked in and, and um, they had uh, purchased your book for all of the sales development reps oh, really? on the floor. Oh, and nice. all, these, all these books were sitting across and I go, wow, this is, who is this guy? This is amazing. How to get a meeting with anyone? I mean, God, how do I learn this? So. Well, cool. That's, I love that. I mean, I didn't even know about that, but I love hearing that story. That's that's great. Yeah, I want to I want to dig in. I want to introduce you to this audience because, you know, it, in the sales development world, whether you're a sales development rep, whether you're an SDR manager or director of VP, I mean, all that we do is obsess about getting meetings and contacting the right people, and especially the account based, you know marketing and sales development uh, focus that's happening over the last couple of years. It's just perfect, you know, perfect audience to learn about you and your book and just glad that you could be on the show. I want to go into your background. I think it's super interesting and in how you became an authority on um, getting meetings with people. So yeah, tell us about your background and how you came to write this book. Sure. Well, it's kind of a crazy background. You know, a long time ago, when I started my career, I had a background, a dual background. I was already a published cartoonist and a member of the cartoon cartoonist guild. And uh, I was also, my I, my, uh, my education was in marketing. And so pretty quickly, I wanted to mix the two together. And what I really wanted to do was, I wanted to, the thing is, I knew from readership, readership surveys that are conducted by magazines and newspapers that cartoons are almost always the best read and remembered part of the publications, which is a really powerful statement because, you know, everything in the everything in those publications is supposed to be memorable and get your attention, but the cartoons always come out on top. It's, okay, great. That has got to be a really useful device in marketing. And then I ran into what all the advice that David Ogilvy and his followers used to give, which was humor doesn't work in advertising or in marketing. And I still thought, well, these guys don't understand it. So I'm going to go ahead. And so what I wanted to do was create direct marketing campaigns for, for magazines. They were the biggest users of it, the most sophisticated testers and so on. And so I got two two tests right off the bat, one for Rolling Stone and one for Bon Appetit. So I created two test campaigns. They tested against their controls. And what really was crazy about this was that the two tests beat their controls and that's that generally doesn't well i think that really doesn't happen especially if it's someone who's writing and creating a, a, a campaign for them for the first time and so that was a really unusual circumstance but it was a big break and i thought okay great to bring this out to the rest of the publishing industry what i needed to do was connect with about two dozen VPs and directors of, of uh, circulation at these big Manhattan-based media print media companies. So, you know, Time and that is actually Time Inc. and Condé Nast and the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, and so on. There's a bunch of companies that have changed names now and so on. Now it's Bonnier, some of them. And anyway, I, I just needed to, you know, it's really a handful of companies and a handful of, or a couple handful of people. And 
So I thought, well, okay, good. Well, then what I need to do is put together some kind of a campaign. I called it a contact campaign. I didn't have any any other term to use. I didn't know what else to call it. And this contact campaign consisted of an 8 by 10 print of one of my cartoons that's personalized. And by that, I mean that the gag is written so that I can drop in the person's name, the recipient's name, and the cartoon is about them. And then I included with that a note that said, hey, this is the device I just used to beat the controls for Rolling Stone and Bon Appetit. And uh, I think we should put this to the test for your titles. So sent that little campaign out. And what do you think it got for a response? I'm just kind of curious. And what would you think? What would you expect? Yeah, I, I am curious, like 20, 30 percent. I don't know, 25 uh, percent. Well, you're really close. It was a hundred percent. And you know, you know, what's weird is in direct Damn. marketing, we, we always used to hear that, that if you get a 1% response rate, you're doing great. That's, that's sort of a typical response rate. People used to say, of course, there is no such number. There is no typical response rate. But if I had gotten a 1% response rate to, to a campaign that reached out to 24 people, I don't even know if that wouldn't even be one, wouldn't even be one person. Right, it could be one quarter of a person. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. and and you know, I was thinking, well, I, you know, I can't even, I can't even. Uh, I mean, that would be horrible if. Well, I wouldn't even know if I got a one percent. <laughs> It'd be one quarter of a person decided, yeah, that's cool. But the, <laughs> the other three quarters said, forget it. <laughs> right. So they thought about it, but they never wrote back. <laughs> <laughs> so, but even a ten percent response rate was just out of the question. I needed, I, I, you know, I was naive, I suppose, but maybe I was just right on the money because I thought I want to get through to all of them. I want all of them. So I want all of them to respond. And they did. Not only did did I break through to all of them, but all of them became clients. So it was also 100% conversion rate. And, you know, if that launched my business, it was worth millions of dollars. And it cost me, that campaign cost me less than $100 to run. And that's pretty, um, pretty I don't know, that's, that's sort of the essence of contact marketing. And contact marketing is a term that I that I coined in the book and, and how to get a meeting with anyone. But that's pretty much the essence of it is using these extraordinary means to connect with people who can make the biggest difference in the scale of either your career or your business. And, you know, don't hold back, go do it. <laughs> Just go start breaking through to them. And from that point on, I've, I've been able to break through to people. I'm always amazed at who I've been able to break through to. But one of the things that I discovered is that because I thought, well, I, you know, that's great that I have that secret weapon, but what's everyone else doing? How are they that the secret weapon in the, in the cartoons? But what is everyone else doing to break through? What you know, we we all have this challenge. So, what are some of the other ways that people have met that challenge? And that's when I discovered that there's this whole shadow form or shadow practice of marketing out there that again nobody had a name for it. I didn't have a name for it. So, I and and it was producing these response rates and results that were just way out of way beyond what you hear about from from other forms of marketing i mean it's just really crazy the we're, we people have been seeing response rates as high as 100 percent. it's not it's i don't want to i don't want to imply that it's this is what happens but it's gone as high as 100 percent and not just once so occasionally it hits 100 percent, and the roi figures are just absolutely nuts i mean it's at least tens of thousands of percent, if not hundreds of thousands. And the record uh, in, in my research was uh, one campaign that produced a three and a half million percent ROI. So this is not the kind of marketing that we're used to. <laughs> but it's, I think it's perfect for, for I know it absolutely fits the SDR mission because SDRs out there saying, okay, how do I get meetings? But not only that, how do I get good meetings, meetings, meetings with people that really will make a difference to our scale? 
And I certainly, I think contact marketing needs to be part of that strategy. Okay. All right. So, so let's dig into that. That, that, I mean, Hey, I'm, I'm sold. I, I, I want to do it. So tell me about micro focus campaigns. So that's an interesting, that's an interesting term that I saw micro focused. Yeah. Well, I would, I mean, the, the point is that you just going back to the example I just gave uh, of when I used contact marketing for the first time to break through to the 24 people that could make a big difference in my life. That's, you know, sending a campaign to them is that's a small campaign. So it, that, that's what I mean by micro focus. We're not really talking about mass marketing at all. We're talking about really defining who those accounts are that we must break through to, or let's say who the top tier accounts are that we really, you know, if we can get them, my God, they'd become dream clients or, or, or more. I don't, they just become something that, that propels the scale of everything much, much further. So to do that, you don't, I don't know, you don't run an ad in, you don't run a digital ad. You don't run, you don't run it in print or in any other form of, of, of marketing or advertising platform. You just, you, you come up with a campaign that allows you to, to address people singularly, really just one at a time if you want, or maybe 10 at a time, something like that, but very, very small, very micro-focused campaigns. Now, the other part of that, though, is I think you, you need to be audacious. What I mean by that is you don't necessarily need to be over the top. And man, I, I've got some great stories. You know, people, I interviewed the top 100 sales thought leaders in the world and asked them, how are you breaking through to these people who are of critical importance, but nearly impossible to reach. And so there are some really over-the-top stories, but that doesn't mean you need to be over-the-top. I continue to use my cartoons, and I use them for my clients, and we get amazing results. And it's just from that, it's just, you know, targeting that cartoon, among other things, certainly targeting that cartoon properly so that when they get it, they go, oh, my God, it's so cool. I love it. Now, if they've done that, what they've done is internalized a, a point of agreement. This is sort of, it's just a, the basic of the basics of humor is just that you know when you when you look at something you laugh at something a lot of times we'll find ourselves saying oh my god that's so true it is like that or I know someone like that or I've been through something like that there's always some some form of truth that pops out and and is is a big part of what causes us to laugh of course it's truth revealed in a in a twist it's probably the twist that makes us laugh but you know if it's not true then people will just scratch their heads and say, I don't get it. Or I don't know that. I don't know what this is, but if they, if it's on target, then they're going, Oh my God, that's so cool. Can I give you an example? Cause that might be helpful. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cause I, I, yeah, let's hear an example. So I'm, I'm writing, um, I'm writing a new book and I want to attach some really crazy names to it. So it's a, it's a business strategy book, but one of the people I want to interview for it is Alice Cooper, which is a strange Maybe a little bit of an odd choice, but but it's a shocking thing to have on the cover, right? I mean, you know, uh, as one of the sources, and but he's hard to get a hold of. I mean, he's he's still tours. He's I mean, he's still a, he's still a rock star, so not an easy pe- person to get through to. Well, I sent a card with um, one of my cartoons that has these two women in a coffee shop, and one of them is saying to the other, she's saying, Alice Cooper says. You can tell a lot about a person just by looking at taking a look at their snake or something, or looking at their snake. And I tend to agree. And the guy always is using snakes in his in his show. So I know that that one got through to him. And we're actually, I mean, I know because I've spoken to his manager and we're setting up an appointment. I mean, setting up an interview for uh, December when he finishes his his touring. So, um, you know, I know 
this this stuff just happens over and over and over again that these are tools that will surely uh help us help us break through and and that's that's what that's what's about i mean so that's how i use cartoons but my god people are using just incredible means i mean dan waldschmidt is another person that you might know maybe you've interviewed him or you might want to interview him he's the author of edgy conversations the blog and also the book but this guy's this guy's amazing. He he's um, he's also an athlete. I mean, an ultra athlete. He runs hundred mile races and wins, which is crazy. And he's a turnaround specialist. That's his that's his actual business. So he's got this amazing process of watching for stories of missed earnings estimates. And when he sees a story, he has a beautiful sword made up, and it ha- he has the CEO's name and and uh, name in- engraved on the blade, as well as his own his own saying: "If if you're not all in, you're not in at all." And that's put in this beautiful wooden box, goes in with a handwritten note saying, dear so-and-so, a business is war, and I noticed you lost a battle recently. I just want to let you know, if you ever need a few extra hands in battle, we've got your back. And that's it. It doesn't put any branding in it. It doesn't put his logo on it. Nothing. Probably just his phone number. And he gets a 100% response rate, or he said virtually 100% response rate to that campaign. It's he runs them one at a time. He's watching for stories of missed earnings estimates. But, you know, when he spends a thousand dollars on each of those sword pieces, it's worth it because his these assignments are a million dollars and up. So, you know, th- yeah. that's what I mean by micro focused campaigns. And and I also don't mean to say that it's all it's all about sending gifts or sending stuff. There there are really a lot of different ways that 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 we can use to break through and create new relationships with people who are very important to us. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's that. So let's take a step back then. So mm-hmm. say you're looking, you're looking out for the next three, the next quarter and you're going, okay, here's my total addressable market. And then here's a subset of that, that I think will really make a huge difference in my business. And I'm going to narrow that down to a list of, of companies. And then now I want to take it to the micro focus level on the individual people that I want to create the uh, the point agreement. I want to get a point agreement with these people. So take me through that process of kind of whittling down millions of you know people to just the enough people that I can actually put a micro campaign together. Well, you know, I think it's maybe a little different than what you've just described because you know I you know if you if you said okay my total addressable market is. 1.5 million people. Now, let me look through that list and come up with a hundred. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was supposed to be that I that I should really be focusing some time on. But I think instead, it's just you've got to you've got to have some idea of you know what it is you sell, who who could most benefit from it, and what are just who are some of the examples of people or let's say companies that. God, if you could get them, they they would change everything, and you would, you but you'd be coming in, and you'd be an answer to their prayers as well. So, who are those people? And you start to look at maybe parameters. And I don't know what kind of service we're talking about or product we're talking about because it's really generic at this point. But, but who are the people who could most use this service, and who are the ones who could do it with the with the biggest scale? And you start to you start to formulate this top one hundred list. Or as Chet Holmes used to say, your dream client or your dream 100 list. But whatever you call the list, you you want to. I think you want to compile it that way. You want to say, well, these are the parameters. These, this is what I know we can we can do for uh, for clients. But who are the who are the people? Who are the companies 
who could most benefit from this at the biggest scale and and compile your list that way. That, that's how I would do it. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, definitely. And so now you've kind of whittled it down at the company level or the account level. And then, you know, what if there's what if there's, you know, two or three people at each of those accounts that are have some influence on the decision making process? Um, should, should you just pick the one at each that you think could get your foot in the door or? or? You know, I think that's a really interesting question because you could certainly choose one, or maybe you choose the one who's at the top. Maybe one is one's a C-level uh, executive, and the other two are direct reports or something. But really, it, what more and more, what, what's really showing up, because especially because people move around in their jobs, I think a lot more than they do than they used to. You don't want to just be single-threaded or single-sourced in in your approach. So, I, I in my in my mind, it's worth it to address all three of those, and you might address them. I'm mean, gonna. You've got lots of different choices, but certainly one of them would be to when you're if you're sending something tangible with something written that you tell them that you're also you're also reaching out to the other two and you tell each of them that so that you're sort of triangulating your way in. I know another really interesting approach and one that seems to be I'm just sort of seeing it work. I mean, I am used to going to the top and asking for referrals, and you know, if you have a referral from the CEO. Generally, people within the organization are going to take notice, but there's also a lot of a lot to be said for going the other way up. You know, I've interviewed. I, I also do a show called Contact Marketing Radio, and we talk about we talk with our guests about how to break through to important people. And so I had I had a guest on who I saw on Shark Tank. She was a, a contestant. She was just she was interesting, and so so I had her on, and she was talking about how she sells jewelry now and how she was able to really use social media to find out who the uh, who the interns were in Oprah's organization and she started she connected with them and started sending them samples and stuff and then started sending more stuff for people more people in the office and before she knew it somebody brought it to the attention of Oprah and her stuff ended up being featured by Oprah I've seen it in my own selling that some of some of the people that I'm interviewing on contact marketing radio have ended up ended up giving me incredible referrals up to the very very top of their organization. These are some of the biggest organizations out there. These are really really worthwhile referrals, and so that happens as well. And you know, the other thing is, would you agree that your podcast helps you connect with a lot of really interesting people i mean and you know sort of it's a great device isn't it for for connecting with people that you might not have connected with otherwise or maybe creating a connection at a much deeper level quicker yeah yeah right? i mean that's you know one of the things we talked about last time was uh you know it's it's been a great way to get my foot in the door with you know people like yourself and you know people that i admire because now you know i've been uh, creating a community and, and adding value uh, to the marketplace. And, and so it's kind of creates a momentum effect and it's, yeah. it's open doors. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, for me anyway, that, that interesting part is that it's opening doors and it does it for me too. And so, you know, I, I, I'm the original cartoon guy. I'm sending cartoons around and they work really well, but I'm not just using cartoons. And I, I would suggest just like I'm saying, don't single source your entree into a, into an account. Don't also single thread your 
your contact efforts. I mean, I think that they should be multifaceted and that these touches that you, that you uh, create, probably a lot of them happen via social media these days, but some of them should be in, in different modes. I mean, some of them should be something sent through the mail or, or via FedEx or, or, or a telephone conversation or an interview. I mean, an interview is a great way to, to connect with someone and bond with them. I mean, you and I are having this great conversation. We're gonna, we've, we've been t- we will have been talking about an hour before we're done. And what a great opportunity to just talk and connect and get to know people and have them get to know you. And, you know, that actually is one of the, one of the techniques that's in the book as well. It's just actually just interviews for a lot of different reasons, but interviews are a great way to connect with people. So. I love that. I don't know. I, I think I made made a, a simple question much more complicated yeah, than it needed to be. But don't single thread your your contacts and don't single thread your your contact approach. September twenty first, twenty seventeen, downtown San Francisco, the Sales Development Conference, the world's first and only conference focused and dedicated one hundred percent to sales development. Learn, grow, and succeed with the top minds in the sales development space. Keynote speakers include Henry Schock, CEO of Discover Org, Manny Medina, CEO of Outreach, Christina McMillan, Director of Research at Topo, and legendary sales trainer, John Barrows, among many, many others. No fluff, no filler, just the data, research, and networking you need to grow your career and become a stronger sales development leader. Go to 10bound.com slash conference to get your early bird ticket today. Again, 10bound.com slash conference to lock in this incredible opportunity today. Yeah, I, and and that those are great tips because, like you said, it's it's hard to speak in generalities because the, the people that listen to this they'll be selling to all different businesses and all different mm-hmm. you know industries, and so it has to be customized to what's going to fit. But the question that I would have is: say you're you're listening to this and you're a sales development rep or you're an SDR manager or director, and you're going, okay, I I, I want to create a a contact marketing strategy and really bought in. I think this is going to work, but my boss still wants me to do the old, you know, do 10,000 cold calls every day. And that's what they're looking at. Even though I have a great idea for my contact marketing and I really think it's going to work and it doesn't cost any money. It's just an idea that I have. Like what, what, how can we arm that, individual to go in and have a conversation with their boss to give this a a try? Well, you know, I would say that, look, uh, boss, if I'm making 10,000, I guess it depends on what kind of a business it is, but if it's B2B, making 10,000, I don't don't know if anyone who could make 10,000 calls a day, but let's say that they could, then there's really no targeting going on there at all. So I think one thing to bring to the boss is just to say, look, this, this, doing this just by volume, Unless you're going to consumers, and that's a different story. But if it's B2B, doing this by volume means we're wasting a lot of opportunities. Every time we get to know with, with someone or, or we don't, we, or they just don't answer, we move on. And, and, uh, maybe, maybe they're slated for a later call. I don't know, but basically we're missing a lot of opportunity, particularly, particularly with the, with the ones that we really, really ought to be pulling in as clients because they're going to change our scale. So, Look, either we change our approach or or if you need me to do this on a test basis, why don't you give give me one day a week that I can 
focus or refocus and 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 approach this with contact marketing as opposed to i hate this i hate this uh expression of, of spray and pray but because i don't know if i believe in it but but just in you know instead of just doing that allow me to do a little more targeted marketing now let me t- share a story with you because i think this really makes the point one day uh, someone got i've been hearing from a lot of people who've read the book my, my book and they they get in touch on linkedin and Twitter, but particularly on LinkedIn, LinkedIn's great. So I end up connecting with a lot of people that way. Well, one one fellow uh, got in touch and he said, hey, uh, I read your book. It's changing everything. And I thought you might enjoy this story that when my, I, you know, I read read what you were doing and I decided I was going to come up with some some uh, stretch canvas, some personalized stretch canvas pieces that I'm going to deliver to these uh, to these accounts that I just, nobody's been able to break through to them. And certainly I haven't been able to break through. So my CEO saw what I was up to and he said, you know, that's never going to work. And they decided to make a bet. And, you know, this campaign was for the longest time, it was pulling a hundred percent response rate and the CEO lost the bet completely. However, the CEO won in a big way, didn't they? Because, Look what's look what his look what his sales guy's doing. He's breaking through to all these top accounts that no one else was able to crack. So yeah. nice way to lose a bet. Yeah, I <laughs> mean it's interesting because in in business it's just the results you know that you're looking for. But yeah, if you try to kind of go out on the limb a little bit and not stay with the herd of the group think, then people immediately start to beat down on it. But it, it doesn't really make sense because. Isn't aren't we just going for the result? I mean, right? Well, yeah, yeah. And I would say if you're out, if you're if you're doing something that's not part of a trend, that ought to feel really comfortable. You need to get to a place where that feels really, really comfortable because when you're doing that, you're taking a contrarian approach. You're doing things that either other people haven't thought of, aren't willing to do, or maybe they're too afraid to do it. I don't know what it is, but what it means is you're doing stuff that others aren't, and it makes you stand out makes your efforts stand out. It's not a crowded channel. You yeah. know? I mean, that's, so, that's why I, I think that this is very applicable to people that are really bought into the account-based marketing and they've, they've, they've aligned their marketing and sales development and sales. They're, they're, they're bought into a much more pinpointed approach and, mm-hmm. and the, the contact marketing. And then I think it's also very applicable to people that run a small business and yeah. you don't have an unlimited budget and, you know, you have to do, you can only do, you know, 10 accounts at a time because it's only you and your, your wife. Or, you yeah, well, yeah. And, and, you know, you know, what's really cool about it is contact marketing. I don't know if I've, if I've expressed this, but you don't really need to spend, it's almost like you don't have to spend anything, but you certainly right. don't have to spend a lot. And, and you could, you know, even if you were spending a hundred dollars per contact and you said, but I'm going to only going to do 10 contacts a month, that's enough. I mean, if you break through to, if you broke through to half of them and, and let's say one a month, two a month became clients, but they're the kind of clients that are changing your scale. Those are incredible. That's an incredible set of results. And that's exactly how contact marketing works. It, it's just, it's not mass marketing. So as a result, even though we spend a lot, we tend to, I mean, my big board program is, is it's $250 per big board. So that's a lot for, to send something to someone, but it's not a lot if, I mean, unless these contacts aren't worth $250 worth of business, but if they're worth millions of dollars to you using, I mean, spending something that costs, I mean, using something that costs $250 
makes all kinds of sense. And it, you're not you're not committing to a campaign of thousands or millions. You're just committing to a campaign of one in some cases. Yeah, so, exactly. you know, you can afford it. Anyone can afford to do that. Yeah. I mean, the cost, especially when you're first starting out, is just the creativity and ha- having the creativity. I mean, you, you can once you land your million dollar account, then you can start sending out swords. you know or if you have a rich uncle or something like that but if you're just a somebody who's in your garage you know starting a company from your pocket then you just need the creativity and 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 that's 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 the harder than spending money you need to be a free thinking individual and you know you know what was i I hear these stories all the time but i i I was giving a speech in in april in in same what was fort lauderdale and i was asking the group who has a surefire method of breaking through? Because I'm, I know in a group that people, that I'm going to learn something because there are always things that people are doing that, that I, I haven't even heard of yet. So one guy raised his hand. He said, well, you're going to think this is kind of dumb, but, you know, I, I had this client who I, I just couldn't get through to him. And I kept calling, kept trying, kept trying. Nothing was working. So, but I noticed that his birthday was coming up. So on his birthday, I bought a cupcake. What does a cupcake cost? Like two bucks or three bucks? Maybe five bucks. I don't know. And then put a birthday candle in it, put it in a box and he delivered it. And he got a call back within the hour and out of that got a $200,000 deal. So, you know, we can afford to do these things. <laughs> you, know, you can buy a cupcake for someone, you know. Exactly. Um, I mean, and, it's just, and really, it's as like, you say, it's yeah. just being, it's just being creative and saying, what's going to, what's going to, what's going to help me break through to them? Yeah. What's going to make that difference? And I will just, it's sort of a, I've, I've got to say, you know, I, I run an agency. That's what we do. So you don't, I've got, if you're a larger company, you don't have to be that creative. We'll do it for you. I mean, just have to get somebody to do it, somebody to give this some some critical thought as to how and why you can create a campaign that will will help you and other SDRs break through. And I'm telling you, it works. It just works really, really well. We're seeing with some of our I mean I've got I'm just thinking of one in, in, in particular, we've got a Fortune two fifty client that has about eight hundred sales reps and their SDRs are very, very busy on their behalf. And they were, and they're, they're using ABM. So their top stratum for of, of their accounts is their global accounts. These are the biggest companies in the world, and they're saying, you know, look, we don't need to land a lot of these for a lot of our efforts to be well worthwhile. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna focus on them. Well, they told me that before they tested with our cartoon big board campaign that they were getting through. Zero percent of the time to those big those big global accounts, and when we applied the, the the big board program to it, that that number went. I mean, or I should say the contact rate went up to seventy five percent, and the meeting rate to fifty percent. And against the numbers that we're talking about, the size and the scale of a company like this, that's really moving the needle in terms of revenue and even market share. So these are th- whether you're doing it on a giant scale or or a garage scale, these things can help you grow. Whatever it is you're doing, yeah, and you got to break through. If you, yeah. if you don't, if you don't have that initial meeting, it's zero percent. So you don't break through. Uh, you can't sell. You're, you can't sell anything. <laughs> and and I got a couple more things. I, I know we're coming up on the hour, but I see a quote here that says, "People who want to talk to executives often put a focus on three main strategies: hope, 
growing their own platform to attract the notice, begging, asking for that one shot, or an over-the-top method, like when you buy the million-dollar booth at Sales Dreamforce. So I think hope is, you know, it, it's building your content marketing, like, you know, the inbound marketing dream, mm-hmm. right? And then begging is like the cold calling where you're just like, will you please take a meeting with me? And over <laughs> the top, I mean, you know, you, you got to spend a lot of money. So, you know, the, the, I think those that's the herd mentality, those three things. Yeah. And what let's, we're trying to do Let's is, dispel some of that. Okay. All right. Well, so, so hope, yeah, that's a terrible strategy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, hope is not a strategy, you're going right? to sit Isn't in the room and hope, <laughs> forget it. It's not going to, that's not going to happen, but begging, asking for that one shot. I don't know that anyone's, I think that sounds desperate and, uh, and I can't imagine many people responding positively to that. I mean, I, I think you just sort of dis- disqualify yourself, but over the top, kind of interesting. You don't have to spend a million dollars to, to be over the top. And I think I've, a quick story might, help illustrate that uh, would you mind yeah oh, okay cool so so there was there i can't tell you the name of the company or the name of the ceo involved but if you ever saw the movie um ah what's the i would keep saying thinking gladiator in my head but that's not it it's it's uh the forest gump actually forest gump, forest gump. i don't know what gladiator <laughs> is either gladiator or forest gump <laughs> anyway forest gump there's that reference to a certain fruit company and so if you saw the movie and you'll know exactly what company we're talking about. So this one rep, this one sales rep was calling on that fruit company's engineering department, which sounds kind of strange. But so and and he had the software solution that the engineers loved. And they said, well, OK, great. Next step is you got to talk to a purchasing. Well, he went to purchasing and they shut him down. They wouldn't return his calls, emails, nothing. They wouldn't respond to him. So he thought, OK, fine, I'll, I'll fix you. I'm, I'm going to go directly to the CEO. Now, if you got that reference to the fruit company, you know exactly who the CEO was. He's probably he was one of the most he was probably the most famous CEO in the world at the time. And so, needless to say, that's not the description of someone who's going to be easy to get through to. And that's what the rep discovered. He sent all he, he sent faxes and left voicemails, sent letters. He, he did everything he could think of, and nothing was working. So one day, this plywood box shows up on the front counter with air holes drilled into it and it has a has a handwritten note on, on the box and it's addressed to the to the ceo and it says uh, dear so and so i you know just went through the story I, I met with your accounting department they i'm sorry your engineering department they love my software solution purchasing won't talk to me so i've tried everything i can think of to reach you i've sent faxes and letters and emails and so on nothing has worked so this is my final attempt I think it's kind of interesting just to take a just a, a quick note here that now you're involving the CEO in a story. I've tried everything I could think of. Somebody in your organization really likes my solution. Somebody won't, but the, but the people who should be talking to me aren't. And I've tried everything I can think of. So you're involved right now in the very last thing, my final attempt to reach you, which I think is pretty compelling. So anyway, but his, so the note went on and it said in the box, if you open up the box, there's a pigeon, and on the pigeon's leg is a capsule. If you reach in, just open the capsule, there's a little slip of paper, and if you'll write the name of your favorite restaurant, a date and a time, put the slip of paper back in the capsule, and release the pigeon, I'll meet you there. <laughs> so this is rather over the top, right? <laughs> but and, and lo and behold, the pigeon came back to the roost um, with... And the, you know, the, the little slip of paper had the name of a restaurant, a date and a time. So they met, and the rep emerged from that meeting with a $250,000 deal. So, you know, being over the top 
that is over the top. <laughs> I mean, that's surely over the top. But it I don't it didn't cost him much. I don't know. I like to joke that, you know, what do you what do you feed a pigeon? Chicken feed, but whatever it is, you don't really I know he must have had to rent the, the pigeon or something. There must have been some cost, but but it wasn't much. And it certainly was a small percentage of the two hundred and fifty thousand dollars that the deal was worth that he ended up getting. So I think actually over the top over the top can be just really too far over, but certainly audacious and clever and thinking that 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 um, yeah, it's thinking out of the box. I hate that expression, but whatever. It's but thinking out of the box. Really, I think what you want to do if is if you have a way, if you have the means to reach out to someone and get their attention, but do it in a way that has them saying, "Whoa, I love the way this person thinks." I got to meet them. I mean, it's like whatever it is they're selling, I want, I need some, <laughs> you know, if you can get that kind of response, that kind of reaction, or if you can generate that kind of reaction, then you are way ahead of the game and you are then able to, uh, I mean, when you're calling on this person, it's not a cold call at all anymore. It's a very, very warm call. And that I think is the, that's the whole essence of contact marketing is yeah turning these calls, these ones that are really critical to you, really critically important to you, and turning them into calls where you're actually meeting up with someone who's saying, man, I love the way you think. You're unbelievable. What can we do? How do we, let, how do we, how do we work together? What a great sales call that is. Yeah. And, and again, you know, it, it's not about having a million dollar budget. It's having the creativity and just being a little bit out there and being okay with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, I mean, you can spend money. There are great ways to spend money. And it, there's some really f funny stories about people spending a lot, but you don't have to. And yeah. I think that's, you know, you don't have to. And then that coupled with the kind of re responses and ROI that we're seeing and others, I'm mean, not, well, I was going to say we, I mean, everyone who's involved in contact marketing, that whole community, the kinds of numbers that we're seeing are just incredible. And you, you can scale it down to one. You know, just one one contact if you want to. Yeah, yeah. I so, mean, it, it's it's a mi micro focused. And, yes, it is. Um, yeah. And you know, if you do have a few bucks, then you can call Stu and and they'll they'll do it for you, right? It oh yeah, like, you have that's a budget, what you guys then actually. Then do. I need to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Stu, this has been amazing. I think you know people are going to rush out and get the book, and you may even get some calls after this because. Cool. You know, not everybody has the time or the creativity to be able to do something like this. But uh, no, thank you so much for sharing these great insights with the with the show guests and uh, just really appreciate it. Well, you're very welcome. What a great pleasure to be on your show. Yep, absolutely. And we'll put all the contact information in the show notes. Stu, thanks again. And we'll talk again soon. Thank you very much. The best sales development leaders make it a point to learn and grow each day with the Sales Development Podcast. How would you like to directly reach these decision makers and game changers in the sales development space with your specific message? To sponsor the Sales Development Podcast, go to 10bound.com slash contact to request a rate card or just click the link in Spreaker or YouTube. Again, that's 10bound.com slash contact. Reach out today to the top sales development leaders in our industry with your valuable message.